I may not be before you very long, but <clears throat> we're going to start in uh, Exodus 11. says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. Speak now in the ears of the people, and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of the people. And Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out into the midst of Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of beasts, and there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any more. But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that ye may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. And all these thy servants shall come down unto me, and bow down themselves unto me, saying, Get thee out. And all the people that follow thee, and after that I will go out. And he went out from Pharaoh in a great anger. And the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. And Moses and Aaron did these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, so that he would not let the children of Israel go out of his land. We'll just keep on reading there. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your, count, make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year. Ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast with fire, and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the pertinence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning, and that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Um, Moses was warning Pharaoh this whole time to let his people go. Uh, he was telling them what God was going to do. God had told Moses uh, what was going to happen. And, and the Moses, kept, Moses kept warning Pharaoh and telling him what was going to happen. And, and told them what God was going to do. So then in verse 12, the Lord is telling all the Israelites to, or chapter 12, he's telling all the Israelites to eat this feast, but he's telling them to do it with their loins girded, shoes on their feet, and their staff in their hand, and to eat it in, eat it in haste. 
so the Lord is getting them ready. He said, have this feast. Do these things I've told you to do, but be ready to leave. He said, have your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and be ready to leave. He's, he's promised them that he's going to bring them out of Egypt, and he's telling them to be ready. He said, I've promised you all these things. I've told you what's going to happen. Now be ready. Um, verse 12, it says, For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. So the Lord has went through all this trouble. He's told them, told them exactly what kind of lamb to get. It had to be a specific sacrifice. He told them exactly what to get, and it had to be a specific sacrifice. And they had to go and take that blood and put it on the doorposts. They had to put it on the two side posts and on the top posts of the door. That way the Lord knew that these are the ones that followed my instructions. These are the ones that are ready to go. These are the ones that have listened to my instructions, and they're ready to be free. They're ready to be set free. Um, I'm going to end up getting ahead of myself, but go to verse 21. It says, Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out and take you a lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And ye shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out at the door of his house until the morning. For the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians, and when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. And ye shall observe this thing for an ordinance to thee and to thy sons forever. And it shall come to pass when ye, become, when, when ye be come to the land which the Lord will give you, according as he hath promised, that ye shall keep this service. So the Lord's telling them to, to do these things he's told them to do, get, get the lamb and be ready to leave. He's been warning us for years that the end is coming. He was telling the Israelites, hey, you've been, you've been in bondage and captivity for all these years, but here's how you're going to get out. Get the lamb, be set free from the Passover, death's not going to come to your house. We're God's people. Okay. If we've been saved, we're God's people. We're the Israelites. There's been time after time, just like today, He had His hand on me and kept me safe. There's been time after time in each one of our lives, because we're God's people, He's kept us safe. We may not have even realized it, but He's kept us safe. He's asked us to do certain things. He's asked us to do things. wants us to have the blood over the door so He can protect us and so we won't be killed. Yeah, life is still going to be life. We're still going to have problems, but ain't He protected us from a whole lot of things? I drive, my truck, my work truck is less than two years old. It's already got over 80,000 miles on it. I travel a lot, day after day. And today, I'll just tell you, there's an ambulance coming behind me. And I went to go pull over. And as soon as my right tires hit the grass, my trunk sunk down. And there I went. I had nowhere else to go. And it was in basically in the middle of Danbury, so there's woods everywhere. So my truck goes sliding down the road. There's nothing I could have done. No, no way I could have got back up on the road. Trees everywhere. And I just slid right to a ditch. And there's about a, a stump about this big around, 10 feet in front of me. Slid right in the ditch, come to a nice little stop, and nothing happened. Now that could have went a whole lot of different ways right there. I could have went several different ways. Trying to be nice and get out of the way of an ambulance and, and make, sure it, make sure they could get where they was going. And I about gotten wrecked. <laughs> I had to get pulled out, but it could have been a whole lot worse than what it was. Things could have been a whole lot different. It could have been a different phone call to Shania. Things could have been a whole lot different today, but the Lord kept his hand on me because I had the blood applied. I've got the blood applied on the doorpost. That way he knows I'm his. 
Does he even know that we're his? Are we doing enough? I heard a guy say today that uh, they walked around Jericho seven times and only shouted once. And we're a generation that likes to shout seven times and only walk around once. The only reason they had the power to bring the walls down without one shout is because they walked with the Lord for seven days. Only way we're going to have any powers is to walk with the Lord for seven days. Not trying to act like we are something for seven days. Only walk with the Lord for one day. If we've got the blood applied, He's going to take care of us. Yeah, we're still going to have problems, but He's going to take care of us. Are we ready to go when He tells us? He's been telling us for years the end's coming. He's been telling us for years things are going to be different. He's been telling us for years, hey, I'm coming back one of these days. Are our loins girded? Are our shoes on our feet? Are our staff in our hand ready to go? The blood is in the basin. He's already sent the sacrifice. We've had the perfect sacrifice. We ain't got to go out and hunt a lamb. We ain't got to go out and kill animals. We ain't got to go out and do things. The, the blood's already in the basin. It's up to us to apply it. It's up to us to put it on the doorpost. The Lord's done everything for us. That's why we're so spoiled. And all we got to do is put it on the doorpost. And we're kicked back and thinking everything's all right. The blood has to be applied for us to be able to make it to heaven. The blood had to be applied for the Passover to happen over Israel's house. The blood had to be applied if they didn't want to die. If they didn't want their kids to die and their firstborn to die, the blood had to be applied. If we don't want to die and end up in hell, the blood has to be applied. Things have to change in our life. We can't keep on going the way that we're going. The Israelites could have kicked back and said, oh, we've got it pretty good off in bondage. Don't the devil try and think you used better off when you was off in sin. Things was going better for you when you was off in sin. Bill preached it last week. It's going to look that way. The devil's got power too. He can give you things. Be very, very careful what's from the Lord and what's from the devil. Things ain't always going to be perfect and peachy, but if we've got the blood applied, we'll make it. They made it out of bondage. They made it out. Then they murmured and complained again and ended up even worse off. But if the blood's applied, we can make it. We can go farther with the Lord if the blood's applied. We can go farther if we'll listen to His warnings and realize that the end is coming. Realize that hell is real and these people that are lost are dying and going to hell every single day. And we're not doing nothing. We're not doing nothing. Back there in verse 11 it said, if there's enough for your neighbor, give it to him. Don't keep it all for yourself. How many times I went and talked to my neighbor about the Lord? How many times have I made sure that my people that I work with are right with God? If they die, they're going to go to hell. That's reality. The Lord told them time and time again, sent them warning after warning, and look what happened to Egypt. Look what happened to the Egyptians and Pharaoh's people. The Israelites, they, they made it off pretty good. Nothing ever touched their beasts, their animals, their herds, their children. As long as they had their blood applied, they made it out pretty good. But the Egyptians, I'm pretty sure just about every one of them was killed, or they at least had to go through the ten plagues. The Lord can keep the plagues out of our house, but we've got to have the blood applied. He can keep certain things away from us. Yeah, life's still going to be life. We're still going to have problems, but he can, He's kept us from a whole lot of things. Amen. Most importantly, He sent us a sacrifice where we could be saved from hell. Amen. We've got the perfect living sacrifice, and we won't even apply the blood. Amen, we'll walk around like we're better than everybody else, and everything's going just peachy because we show up to church on Sunday, or we show up to church on Wednesday night, and the blood ain't even been applied. If the blood ain't applied, death is coming. It didn't matter if they was ready or not. Lord told them time and time again, death angel's coming at midnight. Death angel's coming. He's given us specific instructions. He's given us specific instructions that all you got to do is apply the blood. And the death angel will pass over your house. It's appointed a man wants to die, but after we die, that's life. That's when real joy begins. That's when real happiness is when we die. 
Because then we ain't got to worry about life no more. We ain't got to worry about all this junk no more. It's going to be heaven. If the blood is applied. If we're right with God. There's a whole generation of people that thinks just because they're good people they can make the heaven. whole generation of people that thinks, well, I go to church on Sunday or I try and be a good person or I give to this charity or I do this or I do that and the blood ain't been applied. The blood ain't nowhere, nowhere close. It's in the basin ready for them. It's a free gift. They can just go take it if they want it. They also have to be told it's there. They also have to know. Not everybody knows. Not, I, we just assume that everybody knows what church is and everybody knows how this goes and who the Lord is. And There's a whole bunch of people that don't even know that Mount Vernon's even here. A whole bunch of people that don't even know there's a man named Jesus that died for them. That they ain't got to do the things they used to do no more. They can be set free from bondage. They can be set free from the things they've done. They don't have to die and go to hell, but they ain't even been told. They don't even know that the blood's there for them to apply it. And there's a whole other generation of people that they know the blood's there, that they just think they ain't even got to use it. God's given us everything. Given us warning after warning after warning. Giving us instruction after instruction after instruction. Said all you got to do is apply the blood. And the death angel will pass over you. And he'll keep the plagues out of our house. How many times we come to church, our, our gurns ain't, groin ain't been girded, shoes ain't on our feet, staff ain't in our hand, we just roll in here because we have to. I'm guilty. Roll in here because we have to. Well, we know if we don't come, Bill's going to be on our case. Well, if we know we don't come, this is going to think we didn't come just because we didn't want to. We're just lazy. Well, we better go to church today. I've been living pretty sorry all week. Fleshly obligation ain't the only reason we come to church. To make ourselves feel better ain't the only reason we come to church. I come to church so I can make sure the blood's applied on my life. I, can, I come to church to make sure I'm right with God. It ain't just Sunday and Wednesday. It's every day of the week. I've got to make sure the blood is there every day of the week or the death ain't going to come steal my life away. And the whole thing, the whole time I've been fighting to make it to heaven could be ruined in an instant. I snapped it Shania on the way here over absolutely nothing. Could have been ruined in an instant. What if we direct on the way here? Me mad over absolutely nothing. After I about could have wrecked and died today, on the way to church, get mad over absolutely nothing. Could have wrecked and died again. Over nothing. This life is but a vapor. We've heard it time and time again. Get right with God. We've heard it time and time again. But the death angel's coming. It ain't going to keep on forever. Life ain't going to go on forever. Some of y'all is getting pretty old, but it, it could be me tomorrow. We're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised to make it home. We've been told at midnight, at midnight tonight, the death angel's coming. What are you going to do? You going to make sure the blood's applied or you're just going to keep on rolling and think you're okay? I don't want to be complacent. I don't want to think everything's okay. As soon as I get comfortable, I'm wrong. As soon as I think I'm all right, I'll fall. As soon as I think I'm better than the Lord, I'll fall. We've got to have the blood applied. We've got to live right. We've got to go through these instructions that he's given us. He's given us specific instructions on what to do. All through the Bible, we have instructions on what to do. But first, we've got to make sure the blood's applied. We've got to make sure the blood is on the doorpost. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's not just a saying to hang up in your house. That's a vow. That's a vow to promise God that you'll do everything you possibly can. My two girls need to know that no matter what, we're going to serve the Lord. No matter what, it may look like the world's having fun, but it ain't, it ain't going to last forever. 
because the death angel's coming. The only way we're going to escape it, the only way we're going to get out of it, the only way we're going to make it to heaven is if the blood's applied. The only way we're going to make it to see the Lord one day and get out of this earth that's just ready to kill us and steal us and care less about us, the only way we're going to escape it is to make sure the blood's applied. The only way we're going to make it to heaven is to make sure that the blood's applied. It's a very simple thing. He's already sent us everything. He sent us the sacrifice. We didn't have to do nothing for it. He sent it to us. For absolutely nothing, as dirty and as nasty and as stinking as I was, he still sent a son just for me. He still sent a son just for you. And then a week and a half, it's Easter. He ain't still dead. Then he rose from the dead. Now he's alive and he talks to us and walks around with us and lets us know when we're right, lets us know when we're wrong. So not only is the blood there for a free gift, and he walks around with us now. Each and every day. And we just kick back and think everything's all right. Think, oh, well, we've got grace, and oh, well, we've got the Lord walking with us. The death angel could care less. Until it seen the blood, it was going in that house and killing something. It was looking for the firstborn. I'd hate for Adeline to die because I thought I could kick back and relax and forgot to put the blood on the door. I'd hate for one of my youngest to die for me to realize I've got to have the blood applied. I'm sure a whole lot of Egyptians wish they'd have listened to Moses. I'm sure a whole lot of Mount Vernonites used to be as wish they'd have listened to Bill. Amen. The Lord has given us warning after warning after warning. And we think we can still make it. We think everything's still just fine. But he's told us time and time again, you must be born again. You must be saved. You must be right with God. You, the blood must be applied. And here we sit. Just, everything's fine. And he's given us specific instructions. And then he sent the sacrifice that we didn't deserve, that we didn't earn, that we didn't work for, that we didn't live for, that we did absolutely nothing for just because he loved us. He sent us the sacrifice. If I still had to go hunt stuff, I'd be, I'd be in trouble. If I still had to go kill a spotless lamb, I'd be in trouble. I don't even know where to find one right now. I mean, you go to these goat farms, they don't look too spotless. They look a little, look a little rough, a lot of them. Go find a sacrifice to kill. Make sure you could be right with God. But now we can just pray and repent and get things right. Now the sacrifice is already there for us. Now everything we need is already there for us. We just have to apply it to our life. We just have to make sure it's on the doorpost. That's the thing. They, they made a little artistic thing. That they put it over the doorpost and they put it on the two side posts. And they said if, when they put it on the top doorpost, it would drip down. On the ground. And the depiction was from the two side posts and the top posts, it appeared and looked like Jesus on the cross. It was a foreshadow of what he would do later on in life and send Jesus to die for us. Was where the blood was applied, was where they put the crown of thorns on his head on the top post. The two side posts was his hands, and when it dripped down on the on the ground, that was his feet. It was a foreshadow of when Jesus would come die for us to be the perfect sacrifice. How many of you in here deserve grace and salvation? How many of us in here deserved what Jesus went through for us to be saved? Not a single one of us. Not a single one of us, but he still came. He still died. He, he asked the Lord, if it's not your will, let this cut past from me. It ain't like he enjoyed it. But he loved us enough to go ahead and do it anyway. He didn't have to, but he loved us enough to do it anyway. The blood is in the basin, but we've got to apply it to the door. 
Ain't nobody going to do it for us. The Lord's done everything He could possibly do for us. He sent us Jesus. He's done everything He could possibly do. Put us all right here together at Mount Vernon Church to hear the true gospel for years. And He's done everything He could do for us. Now it's up to us. It's up to us to apply the blood. It's up to us to tell people that they have to be saved. My family will never get saved if I don't invite them to church. Well, there ain't no use to invite them anyway. They ain't going to come. I remember gripping that pew thinking I ain't going for nothing. Lord, dealing with my heart, I think I ain't going. I looked at Stephanie and said, if I don't go, drag me. She said, what? Just like that. No, I ain't going. Nope. I said, oh, no, I didn't say nothing. Forget it. And then a few weeks later, here we go cutting trees. Jerry said, has the Lord ever dealt with your heart? Yeah. What did you tell him? I, said, I told him no. He said, why? I said, I don't know. I guess I just wasn't ready. And he kind of caught me off guard a little bit. He said, are you ready now? And then we pulled over off the side of Piper's Gap Road up there. It's coming up in a few weeks, too. Up there at Phelps Brothers Garage parking lot. And we got down and prayed. And I made sure that day that the blood was applied. It only took one time for Jerry to ask that question. It only took one time for somebody to invite you to church. You finally give in. It only took one time for somebody to talk, talk to you about the Lord. And it finally took. You finally believed it. All of our family and all these people that's lost, it could be the next time, the one time that they need. It could be the one time that they could make things right. Amen. If we don't ever ask them, they ain't ever going to come. They ain't ever going to make things right. The Easter egg hunt may be silly, but there's going to be people giving testimonies that could touch somebody's heart. Things we, we got a whole lot of stuff coming up the next few months. It could be somebody's one time. It could be somebody's one time to make things right, make sure they make it to heaven, don't have to die and go to hell. The Lord's done everything for us. Absolutely everything. He's laid it out there on a silver platter. And all we've got to do is accept it. All we've got to do is apply the blood to our life. It's the simplest thing in the world. He's took care of us year after year after year. Made sure the plagues didn't come to our house. Made sure the death angel passed by. Took care of us time after time after time. Warned us time after time after time. And we think we can just keep on going forever. We think we can just keep on going. Eventually, what he says is going to come true. It did for Pharaoh. It did for the Egyptians. It did for the Israelites. They were able to get free out of bondage. But then the Egyptians faced destruction. He's told us this thing's coming to end. Jesus is coming back one day. He's coming back for his people. The ones that have the blood applied. Not the Sunday morning Christians. Not the ones that, well, we try to do pretty good. We try to live right. Not the ones that thought they could get by with whatever they wanted to get by with as long as they come to church on Sunday. The ones that had the blood applied. It's a select few. I'd love to say every one of us in here are right with God, but I don't know that. I don't know. The only one I know is me. I know I'm the one that's got to keep the blood applied on my door. I know I'm the one that's got to keep me right, and you're the one that's got to keep you right. You're the one that's got to keep the blood applied on your door. The death angel take us up as quick as it possibly can. The devil could care less who you are. The devil could care less how many times you've been to church. The devil could care less what your name is. If your name's on the church roll, or he could care less. He's jealous of a true born-again Christian. He's got to live eternity in hell, and we don't. He's jealous that God has more power than he does. He's jealous that he's got to live his whole life in hell knowing that he had it made in heaven and thought he was better than the Lord and got kicked out. Forever. And we can make it to heaven. We've got an opportunity to make it to heaven if we'll apply the blood. 
Go to uh, Mark 13. Verse 5, it says, And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And when ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. I know we've heard this our whole life, but I'm pretty sure we're in the beginnings of sorrows. The way things look, the way things is going, it's just the beginning. We ain't seen nothing yet. It's just the beginning. God has warned us time and time again, just like he did in Exodus, all the way here in Mark, he's given us warning. When you see these things, know that the end is coming. Know that the end is coming. It ain't coming yet. It's just the beginning of sorrows, but it's coming. It's coming, whether we like it or not. We can't do nothing to stop it, just like the death angel came into the Egyptians' house and all through the Israelites to see if the blood was applied. The end is coming. One way or another, the end is coming. The death angel is coming after us. One way or another, we're going to have to face death. Is the blood applied? That's the most important thing in our life. I know my whole life, even today, I get caught up on things that don't even matter. I get caught up on stuff that don't even matter. In the grand scheme of things, don't even matter. People dying and going to hell every single day, and I'm worried about because I got my truck stuck in a ditch today. Or I'm worried about, well, what am I going to have to do at work tomorrow? What if I don't make it to tomorrow? The Bible says take no thought for tomorrow. Tomorrow thinks for itself. Tomorrow's going to be here whether we like it or not. Might as well not worry about it. What if today was the last day you could have talked to your lost loved one? I didn't reach out. What if today was the last opportunity I ever had to reach out to my lost family? We don't like to think about it. We like to push that to the back of our mind. But what if? I don't know if I've ever told it out here much, but I had a buddy. Went off to East Tennessee to college. We was all tight. There's about five or six of us. It was real tight going up playing football. I thought, man, we was, the, we was the best thing since sliced bread. Going up through high school, we was thick as thieves, done things that should have got us killed, done things that were stupid, all kinds of stuff. The Lord kept his hand on us. Well, one night he's coming home from, from college and uh, gets rear-ended by a drunk driver. Kills him on the spot. How many times did I make sure that he was right with God? How many times did I ask him, have you ever been saved? Do you know that if you die and you sin, hell will be your home? How many times did I reach out? Now he's buried up there behind Gold Hill in Independence. And I can't ask him no more. I can't ask him if he'd ever been saved. I can't ask him if he was right with God. It's too late for him. Did I do enough to let him know where is his blood on my hands? I thought, well, I'm, I'm still going to church and I'll go hang out with them at the parties and I'll try and go be a good influence and all I was doing was making them think that's all right. On, well, if Barb will come hang out with us, now he might not drink, but if he'll come hang out with us, we must be all right. We must be doing pretty good. And he died one night. And I never got to ask him if he was right with God. Did any of us think he was going to die? Absolutely not. But guess what? He still died. The death angel is coming, whether we like it or not. We never know when. God has given us specific instruction all throughout the Bible. 
told us, make sure the blood is applied. Make sure you're right with God. You must be born again. And the things will happen. We'll think, oh, Lord, why didn't you give us another chance? He said, I give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Give you warning after warning. Don't come crying now. That's what he told me. Don't come crying now. You went to school with him for six years. Don't come crying now because he's dead. You've known him for eight years. Don't come crying now because he's dead. What's it going to take? Is the dead things are going to have to come and take our firstborn away for us to realize that God is really God and he's, the promises that he makes are really going to happen? I'm sure after the fact, Pharaoh believed that God was God and whatever he said he was going to do whenever his firstborn died. What's it going to take for us to believe God and realize that he's about his business and realize that he's given us everything so he has, he has every right to take everything. Everything we've got, he's given us so he has every right to take it. It's his whether we like it or not. Everything I've got is his. I ain't done nothing for it. I couldn't go to work tomorrow if he didn't give me the ability. I couldn't even make it past midnight if I didn't make sure the blood was applied. What are we worried about tonight? I know what I've been worried about for about the past two years. Where I'm going to live. If I'm going to have a house. Or what are we going to do. Is Shania going to have to work. Or are we going to be able to make it. Are we going to be able to have a house. Or what's going to happen. But it don't even matter. The Lord could come back before I ever get a house. My family could die and go to hell before I ever get a house. What are we worried about? What's more important to us? Is the blood applied? Are we right with God? Do we know that for sure? There ain't nothing wrong with making sure. I went back several times. Lord, if I ain't saved, please. I don't, if anything's between us, please. You want to know why we had a good service Sunday? Because some people want to make things right with God. Sunday before that, we had a good service. Some people want to make things right with God. They was ready to worship Him. He ain't changed. He's protected us for another week and a half. He's protected us for another Sunday to Wednesday. The death angels passed over. Things ain't come to our house that could have because the blood was applied. God takes care of His people. He proved that back in Exodus. God takes care of His people. Then He sent His Son to die for us. God takes care of His people. He made sure that we had a way. Are we going to take it? Are we going to accept it? Are we going to make sure the blood's applied or we think everything's all right? God is real. He sent His Son to die for us. He made sure we had a way. It ain't nobody's fault but our own if we don't take it. He's warned us time and time again. Uh, Hebrews 9, verse Says neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself 
without spot to God. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So blood, blood of goats and all these animals and things they was doing in the Old Testament was good enough. We got to sacrifice even better than that. We got the blood of Jesus on our life, the blood of God's only Son. I remember when my conscience had dead works. I remember when things that wasn't going right because I thought I could come to church on Sundays and Wednesdays and live any other way I wanted to. Just like Bill said, you think you can't live in the church and the devil come into your mind? You're absolutely wrong. I sat back there in a teen class and did what, exactly what I wanted to do. I went exactly the way that I wanted to go. I heard warning after warning after warning from different men of the church, different people, testimonies, thing after thing that told me don't go this way. Don't do this. And what did I do? Went exactly the way they told me not to go. Did exactly the things they told me not to do. Did exactly the things they warned me against. And until I got the blood back applied, until I made things back right with God, if I'd have died, I'd have went straight to hell. We can't do what we want to do. Everything I have is not mine. I don't own anything. I don't even own my own life. It's the Lord's. He gave me my life. He sent His Son for my life. That's an uneven trade. He sent His perfect and holy Son for me. A dirty, rotten nobody that treats the Lord like garbage. And He still loved me anyway. For God commended His love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were dirty, while we were rotten, while we were drunk, while we were addicted to pornography, while we were doing the things that we wanted to do, God seen us way on down the road and said, yeah, I'll still die for him anyway. He's seen how ugly we were. He's seen what we were going to be. He knows everything about us. And he still died for us anyway. He still sent his son to die for us anyway. Think about that. I know my own life. I wouldn't even send Adeline to die for me. Wouldn't even be worth it for me. And God sent his son for millions that didn't even deserve it. They would turn him away, wouldn't accept it, and he still sent him anyway. We can't even fathom that kind of love. We can't even fathom what God does for us. All he asks is we make sure that the blood's applied. That's all he asks. Amen. Verse 22. It says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. There was no possible way for us to make it to heaven without the shedding of Jesus' blood. No possible way for us to make it. The blood of Jesus is a very simple thing. We've just got to make sure it's applied. We've got to make sure it's on our life. Quit worrying about everybody else. I love to worry about what everybody else is doing. Well, they ain't doing right. They ain't doing what they're supposed to be doing. I need to worry about me. Yeah, we need to tell other people and try. We can't help nobody else until we're right with God. Amen. We can't witness to nobody else until we're right with God. Amen. Ain't no sense in me going to see my lost family until I'm right with God. Ain't no sense in me going to talk to nobody about the Lord to see if they're saved until I'm right with God. That's true. There's, there's no sense in it. It ain't going to do no good. If Rusty and Stevie wasn't right with God when they come to see you, they wouldn't have near the power they had when they come and witness to you, would they? There's things that we've got to do. 
But first, we got to make sure that the blood's applied. He come and give us everything. I can't even imagine what he went through for me. I don't deserve it. Don't even live right half the time. Think I can do what I want to do still sometimes. And he still died for me. Can't even imagine what he went through. Just so I had a chance to make to him. Just so I had an opportunity. Ephesians 1. Verse 7, it says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. First John 2. And he is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Um, that propitiation, or that means atoning sacrifice. Um, I looked up another little definition. It says to make amends for, or to put an end to. The Lord give us opportunity to put an end to our sins, and not just for us, but for the whole world. All He asks is that we make sure it's applied. He's give us warning after warning after warning. The end is coming, whether we like it or not. The death angel passed by, and it's coming again. Just make sure the blood's applied. Make sure the blood's It ain't even difficult. I told you it's a simple thought, but just make sure the blood is applied. Easter's coming up. Things we should be the happiest people on earth. Because we know that not only did he come and die for our sins, then he rose again. There's no other religion that can ever say that. No other people. You know, you know why I know that we're right without a doubt? Because everybody fights us so hard. Everybody fights against Christianity so hard. That's the only thing that you can't be in the United States of America. You can be whatever else you want to be. You can be a cat. You can be a Muslim. You can be whatever you want to be, but don't be a Christian. Don't be a Christian. That lets us know that we're right. Keep on fighting for the Lord. Make sure the blood's applied. It's going to be worth it. He's given us promises. It's going to be worth it. Just make sure the blood's applied. It's the point of man wants to die. We're going to die. Man, death is, death is victory. If we've got the blood applied, death, we should look forward to it in a way. I'm sure Bill's looking forward to it. He's probably tired. He's give out. He's 82, almost 82 year old. But then come Saturday, it's going to be 55 years he's been living for the Lord. Ain't it been a whole lot better? The past 55 has been better than the first 26, ain't it? Life with God is so much better. So many things could be on us right now, but because we're his people, he shielded us from it. He takes care of his people and he's given us promises that we've got a better place to go to. Better, better dream, better things we could ever think of or dream of. All we gotta do is make sure the blood's applied. He's give us everything, give us a sacrifice, give us the blood. We just gotta apply it ourselves.